na 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 yeah. Did that sound good on your end? It was a little... It was a little shaky, yeah, a little shaky, but you know. That's the internet, dude, sorry. What's going on over there? You guys aren't paying your bills. What it is. You know, I'm in charge of that one, so that's why it's slipping. <laughs> oh, man, look out. No cable. You, union wages got me stretching that uh, that every dollar, you know. Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude. It's tough. Yeah, man, I hear you. Well, that's just the way it is. Uh, I feel like internet has been universally shitty everywhere, to be honest. How's it getting worse? Right? I had better internet in high school 15 years ago. I swear, everything was Everything was better. The quality of the internet all around. Even the content. You could get con- more oh. stuff, man. Dude, I would be fucking streaming music. Not streaming. It didn't exist back then. I'd be playing <laughs> music while I was downloading 100 songs on Napster. <laughs> That's right. right I'd, have my oh, AIM, yeah. I'd have my AIM, AOL Instant Messenger, open. And you know we're watching porn at the same time. Hell yeah, man. Oh, yeah. No, no problem, dude. <laughs> No problem. This is like 2006, 2007. Absolutely. And now what? Yeah. What's going on? That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm no fucking cable guy. Where's Jim Carrey? Yeah, man. Good call. Totally. You know, I think they're throttling it on us. I think they're fucking with the common man, and they know what they're up to, and they just don't want us to have uh, access to information or high-speed internet. I think that's what it is. They heard the podcast. Slow down our internet. Oh, us specifically? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm always, uh, I'm always watching out my window at all times. Uh, but <laughs> I don't get a lot of sleep. It's true. Sleepless guy. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but I think the new guy at work might be CIA. <laughs> just saying. Well, you know, just watch what you say. And uh, we try to keep it PC here on the podcast. You know, I think, you know, maybe they're just on to us because we uh, were discussing some 9-11 stuff and JFK stuff, and that's all you got to do. Yeah. And they're watching. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that JFK movie keeps coming up on, like, all the streaming services. I saw it. I didn't watch it. I brought it up with Emma and asked if if she had seen it. She hadn't, so I think we're going to... We're going to pop it on in the next couple of days. It's a classic. Oh, dude, I was, I'm sorry. There was, I was just trying to think. There was a movie that was brought up today, and nobody knew what it was, and I couldn't believe it. It's because it came out in 1990-something. You're saying uh, things that came out in the 90s people just haven't seen anymore? Think about it, dude. Like, like the guys that, like, the people that are 21 right now, they were they were born in two thousand. They were born after nine eleven. Yeah, so uh, they really haven't known any quality content in their entire lives. Oh, they yeah. haven't heard a good rap song. <laughs> These poor souls, man. It's unbelievable, <laughs> dude. You know what? One guy did at work today. <laughs> Some kid, dude. Like he's he's like eighteen, nineteen. I don't know how old he's really young. But he goes. Boom, boom, boom. Everybody say, well. All right. And I did it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, how did you know? How do you know? <laughs> Interesting. Well, you know, they're remixing everything. So the kids are hearing the old <clears throat> stuff, but in newer, worse versions. In the EDM. 
Oh, e- really? The uh, so the you know metric- who I, you know what I was talking about with our parents the other day, which was insane. What's that? Mean? We're go- we went through a disco era, and we just didn't realize it. Wow, good call. Because what they were talking about was uh, they were talking about disco era, right? Mm-hmm. It was really actually it was really interesting. It was dad and uncle guy and mom, and they were talking about it. And they were talking. They kept talking about how all the great songs from prior to the disco era, right, were were being cut up and sampled in the disco songs. Absolutely, hell yeah. And they and then they were saying how like <clears throat> once you saw it, he's like once it got to the point where it was like more and more and more, and then just like stupid lyrics. That's when you knew it was over. Oh, and man. that's what we saw with the EDM. That was literally EDM. They created a dance style. They put ba- new a new bass style, and they just cut s- songs up from prior generations until there was nothing left to cut. It was the disco of our era. Wow that that was the the the, the, the it was the disco of the new millennia. Yeah, I see that. And they had Coke for disco time, and uh, the they had <laughs> millennials had the uh, the what is it? The Molly, right? And, uh, the, the Molly, yeah, oh, big time, and the uh, math, right? Okay, Molly, well, the math, well, and the Coke. They kept the Coke. That yeah, yeah, that's there. a good good consistency. Uh, and I'm excited for the next <laughs> disco era. Then, right? That should be around the corner here any minute. Hell yeah! No, I don't know how it works. I think it's like a forty year cycle. There's no more rock, man. I don't see any kind of... Oh, no, no, but this the booty is coming back. Now, we're going to have to put up with, like, an 80s kind of, you know, shitty rock. But then, dude, you got about 10 more years. This, two, this 20s is going to be shitty. You're going to be, like, the 80s. But then the 90s are coming back in the 30s, dude. I think we're going to come back with, like, some grunge, like, some real grungy rock. Wow. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm down. I can't wait for rock to come back in like a big way. It'll be nice to hear you know, rock and roll on the radio that's current and excellent. But I, I don't think know. You are starting to see it too. Though. Like country's getting really big. People you would never even think they like, they kind of started turning <laughs> to like the country, not even country, but like the country rock. Well, the sensation you know? out here is Billy Strings. Everyone talks about Billy Strings out here. Never heard of him. Exactly. He's a bluegrass fella. And I would say, and I've said for a while, rock and roll just went to country. And country is essentially rock and roll. You just get the country twang of the singing. Yeah. Colorado's not really known for its music scene. Oh, we're big on the, uh, (laughs) yeah. We got something going on. The problem is you got no blacks. That's... That's why, you know, that's why I like Louisiana. They come up with the new stuff, you know? I guess, man. I mean, we got the bluegrass, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> bluegrass is tough to sit through. Uh, we were just talking about it the other day, how I got free tickets years ago to a Yonder Mountain String concert, and <laughs> it was at Red Rocks, and it was just, it was a tough three hours, man. Like that's you a, went to it. Yeah, it was free, free Red Rocks. Yeah, why not, yeah. man? Come on. Plus, no. you know, well, you go to Red Rocks, you go for the party in the lot. I wouldn't go, not for that. The lot party was excellent. I was partaking in all sorts of festivities, <laughs> and then you know things kind of wore off around hour three of the show, and it wasn't really. 
you know, it was just kind of the same thing. It was really repetitive, and I really couldn't kind of make it through there. So I, I cannot sit through like a forty-five minute jam. <laughs> yeah. No. I I have always uh, felt that bluegrass is only really fun if you're in the circle playing the bluegrass. Yeah, that would yeah. It is, you know, if you if you're in the group and you're strumming the chords and everyone's taking their turns and doing <clears> the <throat> solos, yeah, that's that's a that's a blast. Everyone's it's like chess. A good time. It's not a spectator sport. Yeah, kind of. I I would actually say that's kind of good comparison, you know, like Bluegrass is great around a fire and everyone's got an instrument and can chime in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, even the guy that doesn't play, you hand him a couple spoons. Give him the kazoo. Yeah, exactly. The kazoo, the triangle. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, that's when it's fun, dude. You get the guy the washboard, that's when it's fun. You give the other dude who's wasted the uh, out-of-tune uh, djembe, you know, and he just, like, bangs on yeah, it out of rhythm. The drug guy's like, I don't have an instrument. You got that bottle, don't you? Well, tap it, brother. <laughs> tap it. Tap it. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how that, it works. That's what it's fun. I know. But yeah, right. I don't know. Red Rocks. You kind of want to see like a really big show at the, you know, the Red Rocks. You get the lights and the spectacle and the action. You know, like I saw you know, String yeah. Cheese puts on this incredible, ridiculous whole thing there. And they do bluegrass. But they also go and do the funky, wild, uh, funky. super jammy, you know, wacky stuff. Not into it. Not into it. Not at all. Not it's, even not even the, it's not even that I'm not into the... Like, it's not that I'm not into, like, a <laughs> Picasso, you know? But it's when I'm standing there and I'm like, all right, I get it. And then this one chick is, like, next to you and they're like, no... You're not feeling it. <laughs> it's like, you know, all right, I get it. I don't need to feel it. So I get it. It's good. You know? You know, uh, I dig the dead. I've had a lot of the good. The dead is good. Had a lot of good times at the dead. It's funny. I would like to see them with, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, John Mayer. John Mayer, yes. I believe it's excellent. I've seen it. Probably really good, yeah. He's pretty he's talented. Good. I'd like talented to just fella. see him, actually. He's, he's a talented guy, no doubt. But, but he's a wonderland, yeah. Frank. Yes, very <laughs> true. Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Takes time and effort, people. <laughs> but eventually you get noticed. Uh, live on a podcast with two listeners. <laughs> Yeah, I like the mayor with the we dead. We love you both. <laughs> and dude, the dead, man, nobody, uh, you can't say anything bad about the dead out here. If you say, like, oh, no, I'm not into the dead, uh, you're going to get into a fight with someone. They're going to argue with you about the, how the dead are the great. The problem with that, okay, okay. The problem I have with the dead is, okay, there's two undeniable facts. <laughs> One, they changed music. Revolution. Yeah, they're pioneers in their genre. Pioneers, for sure. Two, they were controlled by the government. <laughs> they were agents. I 100% subscribe to that theory. Come on, man. It makes the Come most on. sense. They were part of the whole acid trip movement. I mean, we know what that was all about. We know the characters involved there. Like, that was big time. It, it's- Here's the thing, right? I'm not even mad at them. One of the reasons, like, the French Renaissance happened 
is because the king and the monarchs, I mean, the monarchy is funding artists and everything, right? Now, that doesn't mean that artist can go and paint a painting, you know, that says something bad about the king. (laughs) So they're obviously going to paint and sculpt certain things, right? What is the motive or the uh, reasoning for crafting the dead, putting together this group, and then organizing these events where you're dosing everybody? You created a whole generation that thir- that fifty that uh, you know forty fifty years later just swallowed your vaccine whole. Wow! They took acid when they were teenagers. <laughs> And now they're just putty in your hands. So the acid, man, you think it was created to maybe that? It was created by the government. It was spread out by... Dude, it's the mind controller. Everybody everybody who always talks about crack cocaine being distributed to the fucking black community. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but acid was distributed to the fucking rich white kids. Well, I'm going to give that one a classic, hey now, because I uh, never really thought about it that way, but yeah. Right? It was just, they went to San Francisco where all these kids were flocking. Right. And they just started giving them acid. I mean, Marilyn Manson, not Marilyn Manson, I always confuse him. The other guy. <laughs> uh, the, the other Manson? Uh, Ch- <laughs> Charlie. 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 My buddy oh, Chuck over there. Oh, you Charlie. Know? Yeah. <laughs> good, old, you know, good old Chuck over there getting acid from the government. <laughs> he Char, uh, Charles Manson claims that he was a part of these experiments where they like tortured him and shit. No, absolutely. No, no. It's documented that while he was in college, he was like partaking in these. Uh, he volunteered. Like, yeah, he volunteered. And then it kept going, dude. He was like after dude, when he got out. They. They were using him as an experiment to see if you could convince these people to join the cult and to go murder. I'll tell you right now, he should have never done time. He should have been in a mental hospital. The people controlling him should have gone to jail for the murders. No, oh, what if the people controlling him are the ones who did the murders and just framed it on him? No, I believe they really were able to control these girls. <laughs> Acid's a powerful drug. I don't like acid. That's why I don't like it. Well, sure, but also there's a lot of weird stuff about that particular murder, uh, right? They wrote shit on the walls, right, with the blood and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. You really think about it. It's very theatric. Almost not something a normal person would do. You could argue because they were on the drugs, but... But what does weird me out is as somebody who has taken the drug and known many people who have taken the drug, it doesn't steer you in that direction. Right. Does that make sense? And as a matter of fact, it's like, like, some, like when you're on an acid trip, well, actually, I don't know. I don't really know too much about acid, but I know like mushroom, like when you're on a real good mushroom trip, right? All right. And you, if somebody puts on like a horror film or something, dude, there's nothing worse. Than <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? The last thing you dude, you're like, you know what I'm talking about, dude. You're vibing with the universe. Sure, yeah. I mean, I've had really fantastic experiences on acid as well. So, and you know, I, I just think it's really. So, I think if you've never done any of those drugs, it's very easy to believe that oh, this guy was on acid. You were able to convince him to do anything, right? But I think if you've ever taken the drug, you're like, oh, that's almost impossible to convince me to do anything close to that while I'm on acid. (laughs) 
I don't know. I, right. I always felt they kind of both played on the same type of receptors in our brains. And uh, when you're tripping, regardless of the kind of drug you're taking, uh, it, everything really has to do with your state of mind going into it. And then... Oh, good call, good call. And your environment. And then everything else, you know, I think kind of plays out rather wonderfully, typically. So, look, I've, <laughs> I, I know a guy who uh, took some acid, maybe took too much, stripped off all his clothes and went running down the street. Yeah, but he didn't kill anybody. No, and that's what I'm saying. I feel like that's uh, yeah. maybe the most crazy, outrageous thing I've really seen someone do on acid. And to be quite honest, I feel, I feel that's like a story, uh, acid, it's a common you're, story. You're, you're like hyper empathetic and like, Dude, like, if me and you are sitting next to each other on acid, like, we're feeling each other's vibes. You know what I mean? You're having a good time, usually get into a giggle fit. It's always good times. Yeah, that's what I mean. But it's like, I don't know. There's an energy that, like... Yeah, that's why, uh, take it when you go to a show or something. Hey, the Red Rocks, we were just talking about it, man. Great place to drop a little acid, I'm telling you. you So you think the murders were done by, uh, like, agents? Oh, I don't know. I'm just saying it, you know, now that I really think about it, it could have been. And yeah, it's funny that, that you're on board with the uh, dead, uh, kind of uh, being involved with the you know. That government. can't even be questioned nowadays. Come on, that's a one hundred percent. Well, they got that famous or infamous uh, Cornell seventy uh, seven show that never happened. Never happened. So I'm down. I'm I love the idea. I'm all in on that one. Except I like to see the dead. So I don't know. And take acid. Kind of. I guess oh, I'm not. I'm, I, it doesn't take away from how great they were, dude. I own cocaine, you know, and I'm driving that train. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, that's uh, that's good times, man. I recommend checking them out next chance you get, though. That'll be a good time. With John Mayer, dude, that would be awesome. <laughs> that's right. You know who I wouldn't mind seeing again is Dave Matthews Band. That was like 30 years ago up at Red Rock, dude. Remember that? No, nah, 20 years ago. It's so expensive to see shows now. I, I'm not even looking for tickets. They're literally, uh, it's a fucking huge scam at this point. And Ticketmaster and all, we've talked about it before. It's just, it, Dude, they, they a got video went around with uh, Kurt Cobain where he was, they were like making fun of Madonna. Oh, she really? was charging $50 <laughs> a ticket. Wow. And he was like, who even needs that kind of money? And I was like, damn, dude. Dude, re- Dave Matthews Band up at Alpine Valley was like 40 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Remember? Yeah, for years, man, tickets for any kind of show, really anywhere, were like 40 bucks. 40, 50 bucks, dude. <laughs> yeah. you, could, you could go cut a couple lawns and then go, get your ticket. Like, That's right. It was not a big deal, dude. Not, cut, my, cut a couple lawns, dude. I need to start a landscaping business. Five years later, if I'm successful, then I could afford a Bruce Springsteen ticket. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. I, I don't know. Maybe in five years, if the business goes public, I can afford Bruce Springsteen. I tell you what, Mike. You live in Chicago. This is a great business venture for you. Hire a bunch of 12-year-olds to go steal money for you, and then you uh, can pay them off with 10%, or you keep, you know what I'm saying? And you keep the rest, and nobody gets in trouble, right? You know, I was thinking about doing that with crows. <laughs> Did you see that guy that gets the crows to collect change? No, but that's genius. 
Dude, this, this guy had this crow friend that started coming to his backyard. Oh, yeah. And he started giving him peanuts and stuff. <laughs> and the crow, the crow started bringing him gifts. Nice. Right? Like a button, a twig, a flower, like just weird random shit. And then he would, like, once in a while, he would bring change. Wow. Like, he would find it, you know, because it's just like a shiny quarter. Yeah, man. So he started giving him more peanuts when the, get, when the thing brought change. And it started just bringing change. And so this guy, like, wakes up in the morning, opens the window, and there's, like, a crow with, like, a dollar change. What? I'm not even joking, dude. I'm not even joking. If I, nah, it doesn't always get it right. You get like a shiny button. You're gonna get a, wa- a couple washers in there, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want to have an angry crow on your hand. But but this crow is flying overhead, just looking for fucking change, dude. Wow. Yeah, dude. We gotta find some crows. I'm telling you. And you know, you know, homeless people. I'm really kind of ashamed. You've been wasting all these centuries with pigeons. So much opportunity here. You, come on. Fuck the pigeons, man. Go for the crows. Also, the grouping of crows, it's called a murder of crows, dude. Murder. Wow. Is it really? Yeah, dude. Like, you could have a murder of crows at your command, man. People, do not act on the story I just told you. We'll see what happens to this guy in two years. (laughs) Maybe they're setting him up for a murder. No, they don't murder. They're just, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. But why else would you get that name, Frank? Pretty soon he's going to have five crows bringing him fucking change. <laughs> They're going to murder him. You don't get that name without murdering one or two people, dude. <laughs> the saddest part of the story, the guy hasn't left his home in like 14 years. It's frightening. He's just stuck there. And he only made $3.58. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a good business model. Dude, so I uh I gotta ask you about this fucking safety act, man. Oh, we try not to talk about it around here. I am floored. We just kind of ignore it. Well, uh I am shocked and blown away, and this is for our uh you know, the non familiar listeners, if you will. Breaking news tonight, the Illinois Supreme Court has halted the elimination of cash bail that was set to take effect tomorrow. The high court says it ordered the stay to maintain consistent pretrial procedures throughout Illinois while the justices prepare to take up the matter. The decision follows days of confusion after a Kankakee County judge ruled cashless bail unconstitutional. Illinois Attorney General Kwame Raoul has appealed the decision. Reaction quickly poured in tonight. The DePage and Kane County State's attorneys said in a joint statement, we are very pleased with the Illinois Supreme Court's decision. The equal administration of justice is paramount to the successful and fair administration of our criminal justice system. The Cook County Public Defender's Office in a statement said, we are confident that the Supreme Court will swiftly reverse the lower court finding and confirm the constitutionality of the Pretrial Fairness Act. 
And Attorney General Raul, in a press release, sought to clarify the legal battle, saying, it's important to note that the order issued today by the court is not a decision on the merits of the constitutionality of the Safety Act. The Supreme Court has not announced when it will hear arguments in the appeal. What? Dude, yeah, you know how, like, uh, when Title 42 was about to, like, like uh be expired yeah and all those that's like right. immigrants at the border yes. in cook county we had all the criminals like lined up at our border just waiting to come in on january 1st because you can commit crimes and walk right out the jail no cash bail you just sign your name <laughs> and they let you out whose genius fucking idea was this man democrats oh why why do they hate people and like taxpayers and you know let's go oh, there's too many it. black people getting locked up so we're just gonna let everybody out why do i was looking into this story and all i could think is why do democrats support crime i don't know more importantly why do they assume why do they assume not locking up criminals will 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 drastically benefit black communities. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Frank, Frank, I'm not saying all all Italians are uh, are winos. <laughs> okay, sure. But I just think if we stop locking people up for drinking wine, it'll drastically help the Italian community. <laughs> like that kind of sounds like you're saying all Italians drink wine, like. You know, I, uh, you know what I mean? It's it's. I don't kind know. of admitting the problem. I don't know. Admitting what problem? You're kind of admitting. Okay, by saying we're locking up too many black people and they can't they can't post bail. <laughs> yeah. The problem's not the bail. And That's you're right. you're kind of admitting what the problem is, right? Absolutely. The problem is the black community is committing too many crimes. Thirteen percent of the thirteen percent of the population should not be responsible for fifteen percent fifty percent of the murders. That's absurd. Something's going on here. I, you can call it racism if you want, but I actually don't think it's racism. Did you hear about that Thomas Sowell thing that was going around? I did not actually. Enlighten me. I'm trying to find it. Um What's getting me about this entire uh, bill that they got going on here, the Safety Act, uh, and it's all about equity. That's uh, their main focus on it. it you know, they're literally <laughs> welcoming crime, and then it's just going to be more crime on top of crime. And that's your platform. We talked about it earlier with Democracy Now!, that Democracy Now! clip. Amy Goodman, she's v- making a victim of a murderer who murdered people. But this is the victim be- because all of a sudden they're a woman now. And so here with this bill, what I'm getting out of it is well, these criminals, they're the victims, not the people they're, you know, victimizing. <laughs> The, the the criminals are the victims, and we must give them a free pass. So, I heard the most interesting thing, and it's from Tom. It's actually so I can only find the short clip of a white guy explaining Thomas Sowell, who's a black <laughs> man, right? Typical. 
But uh, he sums it up real good. It's it's like a real quick thing. You ready for it? Oh yeah. Can you hear it? No, no, it's not coming through actually. Uh, oh man, it's unfortunate. No soul right. today. So, All right. So, anyways, yeah. Anyways, what he pretty much says is, <laughs> it's not racism. The problem is that uh, the pla- the the black people who came here and became slaves in the South. Mm-hmm. The real problem is they adopted hillbilly culture. Ooh. And so if you if you if you look at like the poor whites in Appalachia, they have the same exact problem as the poor blacks in say the South Side Chicago. They don't trust the government. They're right. very religious. They love Jesus, mm-hmm. right? But and then they just have this like culture of um. It's just really like a culture of poverty. Yeah. That keeps them in poverty. You know? I, I always say it as a joke, but it's true. I never saw a rent-a-center or even knew what a rent-a-center was until I joined the Army. All right. I used, to, I used to try to tell these guys who came from, like, Ohio, and they're like, no, dude, I'm going to rent this TV. And I'd be like, dude, there's a reason they don't put rent-a-centers in rich neighborhoods. Because if you're rich, you know better than to rent a TV. Yeah. Right? How much uh, do you rent a TV for? Oh, by the end, you paid you paid $5,000 over three years for a TV that's worth 1200 bucks. Craziness. It's, 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 it's a rent-a-center. You know, you rent-to-own. All right. It's All the right. dumbest thing you could ever do. <laughs> they you know, payday advance. Right. right. Yeah. You see those. In, you see those in poor neighborhoods, not rich neighborhoods, because nobody's gonna take out that fucking shark loan. You know. Absolutely. Oh, all right. It's man. a culture of poverty, of like, you know, I forgot what he said. I can't say it as good as him, so I wish it would work. But you know, you know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about, and it really it rings true because I've been in like poor white neighborhoods of Indiana, right? And these people are just they have the same exact thing. You go to the house and they can't afford the plumber, but when you go outside, they got a brand new Impala on twenty twos. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? It's essentially a it's a vicious generational cycle of poverty uh, yes. that they can't escape from, and a where, lot of where it, they rely on welfare, yeah, and the government, absolutely. And, well, and this yes. is all victimhood culture as well. You know, at some point in their minds, you know. People feel like they're uh, they're entitled to these handouts, and I I found lately there are an absurd amount of handouts going out, and uh, not only on national levels like uh, I don't know a trillion dollars to Ukraine, uh, but (laughs) you know just hundred billion plus hundred billion. We're not too far away. Uh, (laughs) There's a long year ahead of us. These guys are cutting like 25 bill Peace, a month, man. Peace is very expensive. <laughs> it's an investment, not a gift. Peace, a cost for my sleeves. Please, <laughs> my sleeves. I need more sleeves. <laughs> to be fair to him, dude, these European technical pants, they're like 100 bucks a pop. <laughs> I, so. I mean, I make fun of his clothing all the time because it's just funny that he refuses to change, but... It's cool stuff. He's wearing some like really nice looking, you know, 
looks great. Yeah, you're right. Tactical and like he he definitely looks like he's in a war. I know he's in Poland, but he looks like he's in a war. It's a good yeah, look. Yeah. The looks are with. Oh, you think they're in Poland still? I feel <laughs> I like they know. already fled to Argentina. I really. Isn't I, that the uh, Nazi go-to? It is. Well, that's uh, you're talking about Hitler's days. They've migrated. I you know they're they're now. I believe um, they went into the hollow earth through the portal in Antarctica. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're familiar with the, the portal to the hollow earth in Antarctica, but yeah, I've never heard about that one. No, Hitler no. led the way, so uh, they're gonna attack okay. us someday from down there. Yeah, it's gonna be horrifying. I um, thought maybe now they would upgrade, go to Chile, get some of that fucking coastal. You know, yeah, I mean, living. you know, South America sounds like an all right place to go retire if you uh, just, too you know, Mexicans, too, <laughs> <laughs> too many Mexicans for uh, for a Nazi. Is that what you're saying? It's <laughs> my best joke about South America. Eh, I'd go there with too many Mexicans because <laughs> they're all Mexican. You know, South America. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got you. <laughs> Such a stupid American joke, you know. You know what's funny is I still, like, I'll say stuff about, like, uh, oh, we got to, you know, we need to do this in the yard and go to Home Depot and get a couple Mexicans, you know? And uh, <laughs> I'm joking when I say it, but you know, all the time now, people, oh, you know, it's it's not just Mexicans, right? Like, oh, yeah, I know it's not just Mexicans, you know? But <laughs> no, no, I, I, you know, no, there's no Mexicans. Mexicans. Yeah. Go to Home Depot right now. There's no Mexicans. I know. They're all fucking Honduran I know, and dude. El Salvadorian, <laughs> and they want $225 a day. That's what I'm saying. I, I miss the $60 Mexican. <laughs> the Mexican was $60, and he did a great job. This guy wants 200 and he's going to hold the ladder while you do the job. <laughs> God, please, please, come back, Mexicans. <laughs> oh, man. I'm starting to think everything south of Guatemala useless. <laughs> or just lazy. I mean, I'm not going to stereotype a whole people. <laughs> I will. Bumps. <laughs> Bumps. Listen. You walked the 5,000 miles. The journey's not over. Now you start working. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. You're right, though. I I didn't really fully, you know, realize how much of the draw, that, you know, what the welfare state was. That is what they're coming for. There's so... They don't want to work. There are so many levels work. of welfare that you could just come and claim. And uh, you don't have to pay taxes, like nothing. You're just here, and it's. I'm not saying it's a. Did you see they opened up the school I was talking about in Chicago? They couldn't. They couldn't wait till after the election. They had to open it up. Oh really? Uh, For the the immigrants. (laughs) Really? There's so many coming here. Oh, we don't know why they're coming here. Ah, because you said they could come here, get a license, work legally, and you're going to give them free health care. Their kids could go to school for free, get a free breakfast and a free lunch at the fucking school. I don't know. Why did you come from Honduras where MS-13 was threatening to take your 13-year-old boy? Yeah, I don't know. I can't can't fucking, I can't, I can't fathom why you would come here. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like free healthcare, free food, free housing. Why are they coming? I don't get it. We said we're a sanctuary, but we didn't want to get the fuck out. You understand? You said you're a sanctuary. There's eight billion people in the world. 
to buy votes, you guys literally claim to be sanctuary cities, sanctuary politicians. <laughs> they did it, it here the in Denver. Coming. <laughs> well, Mike, we all know they aren't sending their best. Uh, <laughs> never forget. Never forget, sir. That might, that might be the greatest line of all times, dude. I'm not kidding. On, the, all t- on the tombstone <laughs> of America, it will read, you know, dot, 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 they didn't send their best. <laughs> <laughs> if they ever build Trump's wall, they should have that on a p- giant plaque. Like, they aren't sending their best. Just wait. Yeah, that's so funny. Just so you know. It ain't the best. <laughs> but, dude, Mike, you ain't kidding, man. Because uh, did you catch what happened in Juarez over the weekend, man? No, uh, the state of emergency. Oh, man, you are out of the loop, baby. <laughs> the death toll in the Mexico prison attack has risen to 26, with seven more killed on Monday. Gunmen attacked a state prison in the Mexican border town of Juarez on Sunday, leaving 19 dead. On Monday, more were killed during a police operation to recapture prisoners who escaped after the attack. These include two agents from the state prosecutor's office and five alleged criminals. According to authorities, the armed group traveled in armored vehicles and launched almost did you, simultaneous did you attacks. you catch those numbers there? <laughs> yeah, what did he say? It was like 19 dead, two guards, five inmates. 25 what escaped. What's up? 25 escaped. Oh, shit. Did you catch what happened? And then more died the next day in the ensuing battle when they went to go and get the escaped prisoners. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. There are the civilians died, but they're not saying that number. <laughs> I know. A lot of Ugh. people died, dude. A lot of civilians died. This was a massive fucking shootout with bombs. and Dude, they're talking about armored vehicles. These cats, dude, they're going to explain it. They attacked both the police station and the fucking prison at the same time, dude. Wow. <laughs> On the prison. And the municipal police oh. station. Well, at that point, the attack held 25 criminals <laughs> to escape, including a top gunman for the Juarez-based Los Mexicans. Cartel. Ernesto Alfredo Pinon, also known as El Nito, according to officials, Pinon was sentenced to more than 200 years in prison. In 2010. Yeah, dude, so. Is this an Indian guy reporting on Mexican news? Man. uh, I have to tell you, all the American news, man, kind of glossed over a lot of the details. Yeah, they never do. Though they didn't want to really explain. Here. Mike, come on. I'm not even, I'm not, this is not, no joke. They would tell, like, we would get this, like, thing when I was in El Paso. And they would say, like, hey, you should probably stay inside tonight because at this time, the <laughs> Mexican, the Mexican army is going into this place right across the border. Because we were on the hill, so, like, stray bullets sometimes would come over. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so like, messed up. No, no, it, like, people don't understand what other countries are like. They're sending in the military. Well, God help you if you're just a person <laughs> living there, you know? We're joking about how you know, they're not sending their best, and then also simultaneously, there's a literal nonstop stream of migrants just flowing into the border, and it just so happens right across the street from El Paso, 25 of the deadliest assassins <laughs> in uh, Mexico's um, <laughs> database just escaped from prison. Yeah, but I'm sure they're going to stay at that side. <laughs> You're right. They're definitely not gonna, you know, pretend Frank. to be migrants. 
<laughs> they saw the title 42 they're gonna claim asylum <laughs> i just i hope everybody uh down south is ready for these 25 insanos just like coming through the border or i don't Think know about what you gotta do clip. to get arrested in mexico man jesus christ yeah but i'm starting to feel like it might be kind of a easy to escape yeah I don't if know. you got the cartel on your side, I don't know. Well, this is crazy cartel gang uh, stuff that you know you've alluded to in previous episodes and what have you. Ten for kidnapping crazy. and murder. Now the incident resulted in one of the highest death tolls from prison attacks in Mexico in recent years. Violence is frequent in Mexican prisons as clashes regularly erupt between inmates of rival gangs. Federal authorities were called in to contain the recent outbreak of violence. However, they pinned the blame on the state administration saying that federal authorities cannot intervene in state-run prisons. Meanwhile, the state authorities have said that they will completely clean out the penitentiary system in response to the attack and prosecute those guilty of corruption. Guilty of corruption, that means it was an inside job as well. Wow. Oh, for sure it was. Anyways, this is crazy. This happens right across the fucking, like... (sighs) Border. You can throw a rock. You can throw a rock <laughs> at border. Seriously, so. it's right there. And I yeah. just, I think people are like, no, there's no problem. We got no problem with what's going on down there. Come on, that's craziness. I don't know what to think about Mexico. That's a weird one. I mean, it seems like kind of a cool place, except for not really a cool place because they have all those beheadings and gang wars going on and. To be honest with you, though, no, no, what I mean by that is, like, they blame us. For, for the gang of, violence? You, or the, the war? You gotta war. kind of agree with them. They're doing everything they can, dude. I mean, there are guys in Mexico, there are Mexicans right now that they wake up, they put on the badge, they go to work, they're at that prison. They, they, you know, they're in the army, they're in the police force, right? Oh, yeah. But the truth is, the Mexican government, just doesn't have as much money as the cartel because America's America just buys so much cocaine and other drugs. <laughs> you know? like, sure. Yeah. We, I mean, it's the, we know who's buying it, but yeah, you're right. I know it's a corrupt and like, zone. We're, we're literally in like we have our government has been caught trading guns for drugs in these countries. So, oh yeah. Like you can't tell me we're not, you know, I mean, sometimes these guys, these car- sometimes they're going into these prisons with like an armored vehicle. Where are you getting this armored vehicle? Oh, this story is fantastical. It's unreal. It's like out of some sort of like Captain America movie. You know, like yeah. this is a crazy coordinated attack with tactical vehicles tactical and vehicles, weapons. Yeah, and these guys are, you know, they, they took over areas. They took over a prison. It's crazy. So Yeah, imagine that power. That is some crazy power, and I know that uh, a lot of these gangs are in both, what, they're in Mexico, but they're also in, like, L.A., right? Oh, a lot of them started in L.A. prison. Dude, MS-13 started in L.A. prison. It's so crazy. It's insane. That's the most insane. And then we exported MS-13 to uh, El Salvador and Honduras and Nicaragua. Oh, yeah. And where they took over. All right. So. Yeah, it's starting to sound like we started MS-13. <laughs> I think it all goes back to Bill Clinton. <laughs> That's right. 
It always goes back to the blue dress, people. The blue dress. Why was he wearing it? <laughs> right? That's right, man. Well, uh, where's the cigar? <laughs> I'm big on the border. It's a hot. On, it's a top of mind, if you will. Great, great story, dude. I'm, man. Well, Mike, when I think of these great stories and what's happening in Mexico and how much it affects the border, I think there's one man and one man only we can send down there. Well, President Joe Biden hasn't visited the southern border. He says there are more important things going on right now. But since taking <laughs> office, countless politicians and lawmakers have gone to the border to see the crisis unfold. And now... Regular Americans are trying to do the same, if you call this a regular American. Former NFL linebacker and Hall of Famer Brian Urlacher. Hey what? Excuse me? Excuse me? The Bears. The Bears. <laughs> oh, we got to send Rodman to fix Asia. You see what I'm we saying? We got fucking Urlacher to fix fucking Mexico. So what? here's my theory. We got to send uh, Jim McMahon over to Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> Game over. Problem solved. War over. The Bears. The Bears. You know what? And bring Mark Grace with you, all right? Yeah, just uh, even who's it that out. Man, who's that Throw manager for the Cubs, man? I was, just, <laughs> I was trying to think the manager. Uh. Well, we had several, but Lou Pinella was a hothead. Lou Pinella, yeah. One dude. of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, come on. You know I'm thinking of the Italian. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm starting. I'm getting a sense here that uh, what we need for this world peace action is send a, you know just get some 85 bears out there, any of them, you know. <laughs> you said a guy from Chicago, they'll get it done. <laughs> and if you want to start World uh, World War Three, send Jay Cutler. All right, it'll be perfect. <laughs> Everyone will support. That poor guy. Make sure he's got his fucking insulin shot. I, shows. I God, kid. I <laughs> I love Jay. I'm a huge supporter of the. Uh, of the Jay nah, smoking. He was, right. uh, he was all right. So, yeah. Wow. Here, here, Brian Erlager, dude. Here, this is how bad the Joe Biden administration is and the border czar, the camel herself, Kamala Harris. You're, what? She's being outdone by Brian Erlager? Well, I, I got to tell you, man. This this goes to show you. This is, you know, this is really a big win for restore hair loss. <laughs> I mean, this guy was a nobody, dude. <laughs> this guy was a retired linebacker from a losing NFL team. No rings, no nothing. Hall of Famer, arguably one of the greatest linebackers in the history of the game. Loser through and through. Borderline <laughs> <laughs> hack. Bald. Disgusting. Loser. Goes against some hair. Now he's negotiating peace in the fucking middle America over here. You know, That's you know what? what? He's not negotiating anything, but he is going down there and bring awareness to what I what I actually. <laughs> this guy's gonna go to Tijuana. He's gonna drink half a gallon of tequila and fuck four hookers. That's what's gonna happen. Dude. I believe he did this interview on his way back from Tijuana, and uh, he kind of looks like it's based on his tan. But um, how does hair look? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about the hair. That's right. He actually had a lightning bolt design right down the Can't middle. Can't see Mike. it, but <laughs> get down the lightning <laughs> bolt. Callback. You, you, you can't see it, 
But diplomacy is in the hair. <laughs> that's, that's why Biden will never win again. Oh, wow. No he, hair. And doesn't even have enough on the side for the transplant. <laughs> so uh, they sent Brian Urlacher because none of the administration will go down there. Uh, no, they didn't send him, but he went down and... <laughs> Hold on a second. How many ex-NFL stars did you guys go through before you got to Brian Erlich? He went down with like a crew, like a couple of them. It was, oh, yeah, yeah. No, they did a whole thing. You're going to love this. I, I wouldn't oh, okay. do this just because it's about the migrants. No, Brian Erlacher went down because he wants to bring awareness to the fact that there are some people in this whole process getting absolutely zero support. <laughs> for, for those that don't know, he is probably probably the best middle linebacker to ever play in the NFL. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wasn't kidding when I said Hall of Famer <laughs> yeah. quite literally considered one of the greatest middle linebackers to ever play. Out of nowhere, you would just see that bear paw come up and swipe a ball, you know? like He was part like of was... a fantastic unit. They had a great coach, and he also had Lance Briggs next to him, also yeah. one of the best linebackers to play the game. That was a good team. They were one of the most ferocious modern was day Was that the Grossman defensive. years? Uh, we don't speak of the Grossman years. <laughs> no, who was the quarterback? Yeah, it was Rex Grossman. Oh, well, it here, was, yeah. I'll say this. Rex was mostly injured the Super Bowl run year. They went like 10-2 and two, uh, with Kyle Orton, and then they brought Orton, out... Yeah. yeah. I'm always till this day supporting Orton, baby. I thought he was pretty good. Oh, listen, listen, listen. You gotta have balls to get behind a Chicago Bears line. Because they're not going to block. <laughs> That's interesting so you say any that. Any man who takes a snap behind a Chicago Bears line, I fucking give you props, dude. I would say... That is the wor- that is the most unprotected pocket in the NFL. I will argue when it comes to Orton, he was so hungover and maybe possibly still drunk from his party antics the night before. <laughs> he didn't even know what he was doing behind the you know, behind Oh, the he pocket. stumbled out the pocket before it had time to crumble. That's why, yeah, that's why he was fantastic. <laughs> He would just miraculously drunk, drunkenly launch the ball and somebody would catch it. All jokes aside, the whole reason they went to the Super Bowl that year is because of two reasons. One of the greatest defenses of the modern era uh, was that unit, and uh, one of the greatest special teams unit also, which was headed by Devin Hester, who nobody could touch. Remember that dude? All those back. Oh, he, man, he was the king of running the kicks back. They, in fact, opened the Super Bowl with him scoring that touchdown, and then uh, Peyton Manning and the referees tore us apart. It's game over. You can blame the refs. I love to. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes. Anyways, uh, Brian Urlacher is down south, and uh, he's visiting the people who uh, don't. Does he even speak Spanish? Mike, you don't need to when you're visiting the guy. the southern border and what he described as a humanitarian crisis. Brian, thank you so much for joining us, sir. Uh, Tell us about uh, what made you want to go to the border and when did you go? I've actually gone down there twice. Thanks for having me on, by the way. I went down in September. 
Uh, just I kind of want to see for myself. We live in. Oh, this guy's too dumb. Get him off the air. There it is. I do it. I was waiting. I wanted to see how long it would take. Uh, thank you for asking. That's a great question. It was a Tuesday. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> you went down there with a couple. I want to tell you this. I know a guy who is in Chicago. I believe I've told this story on the pod before. And he was walking down State Street, and a limousine uh, comes flying by with women hanging out the window, and Brian Urlacher hanging out of the, uh, uh, what is it, the sunroof. Yeah. And Brian Urlacher is throwing down the shocker with both hands, screaming, Urlacher! This sounds about right. And that's my Urlacher story. Yeah. So you got to remember, like, the guy you knew in high school who was the football star, like, by the time you were 30, he, you know, eventually, he was the mechanic. It had to be humbled and everything. Like, these guys are still that guy. You know? Nah, Urlacher's a maniac, and he always was. <laughs> Throwing down the shocker, like, two in the morning on stage three, of course, dude. Yeah, it's the kind of guy he was. And that's what I mean, though. They like they never got out of that phase of like party and like <laughs> I don't know. Like eventually, everybody had to go get jobs. These guys just continued playing football. And I'm not saying it's not a job, but it's like you know what I mean. I feel like that's a fun route to go. Uh, you know, I'd be down to be a football player for you know a decade or so. I wouldn't mind it either, but you know, <laughs> I'm sure it was more fun than the army. And you just said it yourself, Erlocker had a successful second campaign here with his hair loss prevention uh, He's treatments. on every billboard in Chicago. Every For those that don't wow. know. Oh, wow. Is it showing All over. <laughs> Him and um, the, the guy from the Cubs. Oh, there's a Cubby on there, too? Wow. Uh, yeah, I forgot what his name is. Local fella. All right. It's uh, good stuff. Like... So, uh... The Urlacher treatment, is it known to work, or is this just some sort of scam? Like, are we talking about a gimmick? Dude, you know what I really can't wait for? <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited about this. I'm playing the long game. Right? So, All right, I, look, I look bad now, because okay. I got the patchy top. All right. Yeah. But, you know, like five years, ten years, I'm going to have a nice horseshoe. Oh, for the yeah. Ball, for the ball, you know? I dig a good horseshoe. Absolutely. Dude, nothing better than a nice horseshoe. Oh, yeah. Shiny top, hair on the side. You look fine. Dude. I like oh, the silver. Cool. You know, you get the little silver uh, fox horseshoe. I got the... My silver's coming in. All right, yeah. I'm telling you, dude, Frank, I, don't look at me now. Look at me in 10 years. I'm going to be great. And then I'm going to fit that for the rest of my life. Perfect. So, you know? Yeah, that's a good That's a good move. That's called the I Rob was, Reiner, actually. I was beautiful till I was 27. <laughs> Steep decline, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Some, somewhere around 42, 45, I'm going to be back up, you know? Yeah, are you going to go the route of uh, HG, you know, the the human oh, growth hormones? The yeah, no, no, no. you know, the, the TRT, the testosterone replacement oh, yeah, therapy, man. once I hit 40, oh, I'm going to yeah. fucking, then I'm going to have the nice horseshoe with the <laughs> beard, it's going to be great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the Rob Reiner. I'm going to do the Rob Reiner. You got to get ripped, like absolutely crazy Oh, jazz. yeah. Oh, Rip Rob Reiner is the triple R. The Rip Ride Reiner. Rip Rob Reiner. Rip Ride Reiner. That's what I'm going for. Anyways, <laughs> I'm going to be doing the Rip Rob Reiner. Looking oh, yeah. great. Getting all the 40-year-olds. Wow. Oh, I can't wait. And then uh, I'm going to go down to Florida, man. Maybe give me some retired pussy, you know? Yeah. Maybe retire myself. And... uh 
Anyways, really funny, dude. I think in 10 <laughs> to 20 years, you're going to start seeing guys. So, like, you, look at Joe Biden, right? Oh, yeah. He almost has no hair on the side of his head, right? That's right. And in the back? Oh, yeah. But he has these, like, weird spots on the top and the front. Mm-hmm. And those are hair transplants. Yeah, he's got the <laughs> the plugs. And, yeah. and, and he has the best, best people you could ever hire to make him look good. Right? Imagine when you got nobodies who are walking around. You know, they're going to be in their 60s. And when they were in their 20s, when they were in their 30s and 40s, they were doing these hair transplants. Right? They're, they're getting the ear locker. So now they're gonna, dude. They're gonna hit sixty. They're gonna be bald on the side and the back, and have like a. It's gonna look like a replanted forest on the top of their head. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying, <laughs> dude? This is gonna look. I'm telling you guys. Give me ten, twenty years. These people are gonna look weird with all this shit. Then grow. Same, <laughs> same thing with all those veneer shit. All you people that went and got veneers and all that bullshit, dude. Guess what? 10, 20 years, you're going to have to replace them. You know? So, you... so you're going to have people, have people <laughs> with shitty teeth, a replanted forest on the top of their head, and bald sides. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and you know who's going to look good? The Rip Rod Reiner. Who's going to be a 10 then? The Rip Rob Reiner. Rip Rob Reiner. Never thought I'd hear that, but I'll... here we are. One thing I got to give to Rob, he had, he embraced the ball. Yeah, he went he, for it right away. The horseshoe man. So here's my here's what I always tell guys is like you got to look like um, you got to look at your gay friends, right? Oh, I mean, what do you mean? Like, how, how do you look at them? So, so like, <laughs> no, no, like Rob Reiner, clearly a gay man, right? <laughs> isn't he? You know, I never really thought about it, but now uh, oh. I could only assume. I assume it's gay. All right, yeah, we'll go there. He's stuffed up a couple sausages. Oh, my God. And I always say you got to look at, like, your gay friend, right? Oh, yeah. Whatever, like, like if you have a gay friend that's, like, bald like you and everything, like, look at what he does, and that's what you should do. Because who's going to know what looks better than a gay man? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's good advice, for sure. So and uh, if you're doing the Rob Reiner, like he clearly knows what looks good on men because he likes men, so you should do it. Bet you girls will like it, right? The I'm girls a- like Rob. Oh, that's oh, I just found the flaw in my system. Girls do not like Rob Reiner, and this is why I believe in the Harry Styles. See, that's why you have yes, that's why you have more success with the ladies. You must You've go the Harry the Harry Styles. <laughs> you must go the Harry Styles route. <laughs> And I believe in a good disguise, so it's a win Frank, you just beat me in real time. <laughs> I concede, sir. <laughs> the Rob Reiner. Who are you fooling? <laughs> I was trying to make bald beautiful. It failed. It never, it never works. It's if you want to do beautiful bald, we're talking Patrick Stewart here. All right. I don't even know who that is. It's Captain Picard. Oh, beautiful man! Well, pe- pe- also, Picard? also a famous, famous homosexual, Professor man. X. Uh, you, you didn't even catch my second part, bro. Come on. What? What? It's I just, I just proved your argument. 
What? Famously a bald man, some would argue beautiful, <clears throat> and a well-known uh, homosexual. Who? Captain Picard, Patrick Stewart, dude. <laughs> Was he Professor Xavier? Yeah, he's a gay dude yeah. as well. So he's a gay dude who embraces the bald. He's so- gay? Yeah, man. So I'm just proving- Dude, you're gay and look like a penis? That's a little too on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> a little too on the nose. I was trying to right. prove your point that, you know, he's- Ah, uh, you're point proven, though. Point yeah, proven, there you though. go. Right, I'm right, helping right, you out on right. your argument there. Thanks. You know, Thanks, you know, man. You know, if that side is embracing the bald look, then- it's For some reason, look. I feel gayer than I ever did, but thanks for proving my point. Am I gay? No, I, just bald. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> From what I've- Gay under- bald. It's a fine line, you know? <laughs> I think what I've gathered from our conversations mostly is you're only borderline gay when you're in the room with the uh, BTS Korean boys and that uh, little boy band that they got going on there. Oh, but those are barely men. So yeah. yeah, I know. You've made this clear to me. <laughs> and I, only, I, said, I said only in prison when there's no other option. <laughs> That's right. No, the rules and lines have been established with this scenario. I'm fully aware. <laughs> like, I'm at the point of my life with you, you have a full head of hair and no facial hair. I'm going to fuck you. I don't care. If we're in prison, I'm going to fuck you. At this point in my life, if we're in prison, you have no facial hair and a long head of hair. You're probably cuter than some of my ex-girlfriends. Like I'm a 35-year-old man with a drinking problem. I have fucked some dogs. Oh, man, you know uh, Ted Cruz. Right next to Ted Cruz. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Me and old Ted. Me and Ted have put some... Me and Ted put down some dogs. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, man. You're a psycho, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. you, uh, you landed on the Ted Cruz at the same time as me. I didn't think that was possible, but uh, well you know, <laughs> That is a way of popping up like that. Wow. So, yeah, you're declared, uh, you know, almost sexual uh, thing for the BTS boys. You know, Sexually you, yeah. ambiguous. O- only Depending if, on where I am. Only you know? in prison, yes, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> My sexuality is uh, based on location, I would say. It's circumstantial at best. My sexuality is circumstantial. <laughs> I will fuck you in prison. Hey, look, where's Andrew Tate? And that depends on the <laughs> all that. That depends on the sentence too. You know, if I got thirty days, no dice. But I mean, thirty years, thirty years, a little Asian kid. I don't know. I mean, he might be in trouble. <laughs> yeah.